I mentioned to my boss at the bar that I think I really want to do this for a living. And he went behind my back and told somebody that I was going to fail. And I'm one of those people, you give me a dare, I'm a risk taker. That was almost like my sign. And I said, you know what, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, I'm just going to do it. And so I quit my job and started my business not knowing a damn thing about business. And here I am, it's almost 25 years I've been doing it and only getting better and more successful every year. Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. And now, your hosts and co-shut-uppers of making shit happen, Bernie Shung and Phil Gerbyshack. Welcome to another fantastic edition of Shut Up Show. Today, live and in person, Bernie Shung with me, and live and in person on the other end, we have the fabulous and talented spiritual advisor, Teresa Reed, who is going to talk to us today about different types of fear. And we're really excited to have you. Teresa, you're a local Milwaukeean too, right? I am. I've been living in Milwaukee for most of my adult life. So, yeah, for Milwaukee, our hood, represent. <laughs> Can I get a beer, please? <laughs> so, cool. Well, we're so stoked that you're here. And as is tradition, Bernie stalks our guests. She knows more about them than they do. So I'm going to turn it over to Miss Bernie to to do our stalking of for course. us. Of course. And in this case, I didn't have to stalk my guest because I've known her since 2008 before I actually jumped into coaching. So, Teresa, I think I have mentioned Teresa on her show before. So many have. times where I talked about how I had a spiritual advisor who helped me out during some of the darkest times in my life. And here we are going on six years later, and she, she will still have me <laughs> every year. She still advises me spiritually. And uh, how cool is that to be able to say I have a spiritual advisor? Anyway, <laughs> so so Teresa, thank you for joining us. I, I I know that outside of the work you do with me, I know that you have a backstory as well, and I really wanted to share your story and feature the amazing work you do today because I think so many times people think that we get to this place where where we're here, we've arrived, we know we're successful, but we never saw fear or we've never felt darkness. And I know for you. You've dealt with a lot of different things in your life, and so I really wanted to share you with our community, Teresa, to talk about fear. But then I love the angle that you can bring in that we haven't quite brought in yet. We've never had anybody who does the work that you do. So thank you for agreeing to say yes. I hope you know what you've gotten into. Uh, well, I'm excited to be here, and I want to thank both you guys so much for including me today. And fear is something I do like to talk about because nobody likes to talk about those icky, scary parts on business. What we see a lot of times are these illusions where people do what I call unicorns and sea monkeys. They're showing like, oh, I'm making all this money, everything is effortless, I only work a few hours a day. And so it really sends a message, especially to new entrepreneurs, that business is something for the, the brave or that somehow it's easier than it looks and it's really not. Anytime you're going into business, it is work and you've got fears that come up all the time that you have to like 
leapfrog over. So we're constantly working with fear when we are self-employed. And I'm in a weird career. So we add a whole other stigma on top of what I'm doing. I'm not just, you know, here I am running a business. I'm running a business that's unconventional. It has a stigma connected to it. It's one where people can sometimes be quite rude and ignorant because they don't understand it. So to go into the type of work that I'm doing requires uh, some pretty big cojones, and to do it as long as I have has really been, um, it's really required me to deal with a tremendous amount of issues and fears and boundaries on a continuous basis. Right, and I'm going to let you ask that question because I know a lot about Teresa, yeah. and I know there's a lot you're probably intrigued about. So. Yeah, yeah, so, so first, Teresa, rather than just jump right into the work you do now, let's mm -hmm. step back. Let's talk about the the life that you had before you started this and what led you to this and any any fears and such that that kinda rose up as you were transitioning from whatever it was to whatever you're doing sure well I uh, like to say that I kind of got into my career by accident this is nothing I you know planned on doing not many people plan to become a tarot reader we plan on doing things like chef or we're we're gonna open a restaurant or maybe I'm going to do whatever uh, it's nothing I ever, ever thought I would do. I just happened to do tarot for a long time. And at the time I started my business, I was going through a lot of transitions in my personal life and my professional life. I was kind of floating around with careers and figuring out who do I want to be when I grow up. So I decided that I wanted to get a mindless job, which actually turned out not to be a mindless job, bartending so I could give my brain a break and really try to just coast for a bit and figure out what it is I should be doing. Well, what ended up happening for me is I was at a bar that uh, actually was very slow. There was nothing going on and I was on the slowest shift so I decided maybe I need to bring in my tarot cards because this will give me something to do. Well, what ended up happening then is that I started to have a lot of people coming in for the tarot readings, not for the drinks. And I was really starting to get quite a following and people would often say to me, gee, I would uh, I'd really like to get a full reading more than what you're doing here and I'll pay you for it. And that was a really strange concept to me, the idea someone's going to pay me for this. And But then the more that happened and it started becoming a frequent scenario, the more I started thinking maybe I need to think about doing a business. And what ended up happening for me is that I mentioned to my boss at the bar that I think I really want to do this for a living. And he went behind my back and told somebody that I was going to fail. And I'm one of those people, you give me a dare, I'm a risk taker. That was almost like my sign. And I said, you know what, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, I'm just going to do it. And so I quit my job, bye, and started my business not knowing a damn thing about business. <laughs> it was scary. And here I am, it's almost 25 years I've been doing it and only getting better and more successful every year. So it's been a really, really great journey. But that was the first step. It was just taking that scary, scary leap after being told that you couldn't do it. Yeah, that's often a, a defining moment. I know it was for me. In eighth grade, I had a guidance counselor who told me that I should stick to slow math so that I could work at the gas station mm. my whole life. You know, my guidance counselor did something similar. Yeah. So, yep. So, if I, I, I love to be told no because that's uh, that's nothing sure for me to just rip the door open and do. So it's fun to, fun to hear that. But talk to us a little bit about um, about this this tarot reading because I'm going to tell you, Teresa, I don't know anything about it. I know I had an uncle that dated a woman who did that. 
uh, down in Alabama, but I really don't understand anything. So can you just explain that a little bit and then how you know, how that helps others be more successful? Because obviously, if this were just, you know, shenanigans, this would not be a 25-year business. So take right. us through a little bit of that and help us understand, for those that like me that are unfamiliar, how this is something that's amazing and helps people and not just something that might be, you know, kind of loosey-goosey, fly-by-night thing. Well, the one thing I want to say, though, is your tarot reading is only going to be as good as how you show up to the reading. So I just want to add that in first. I always find if somebody's really closed off or they're not into it or, you know, they have a like a prejudice about it, they're probably not going to get anything out of this because they've already made their mind up that it's not going to work. And the way tarot works, it's kind of weird to explain how it works. What a tarot reader does is we lay out the cards and we're looking at patterns. And then we're also feeling out the energy of the person that's sitting across from me and how that might apply to them and to their question and their situation. And then what we're doing is putting it together like a detective to see what's going on here, where this may lead, what you may get out of it, and maybe better strategies if things are not looking good. So we're kind of like really guides and we're helping people to work to find the best possible path. I'm one of those believers that I don't think that anything is cut in stone. I believe a lot in free will and I also believe that when we have an idea of where we are going, we are better able to make conscious decisions. So for me, tarot is about conscious living. It's about bringing awareness to everything going on around me, the things that have happened in my past and what may be, so that I can start kind of co-creating my life with the universe in a way that's going to be in my highest good. So that's how I tend to view it. Oh, and by the way, I did want to ask uh, for, I wanted to say to you guys too, for people that have never had a tarot reading before, there's a lot of stigmas around it, so I wanted to talk for one moment about the stigma. Uh, and this is one of the things is my parents were actually very cool about all this stuff until I did it for a living. Because they thought, oh my god, this is a really kind of a creepy career. So sometimes what happens is when people who have you know, never been exposed to this, if they have been told that it's creepy or maybe they saw it on James Bond, sometimes people come in with a lot of fear, but actually I think tarot can help us to live with less fear. It really gives us, again, a little bit of a road map so that we can start to bring a lot more awareness to what we're doing. So again, it's not scary at all. There are some readers, though, unfortunately, that I think kind of like to scare people and want to tell them things like, you know, I've, you've got a curse on you, et cetera, et cetera. They're not helping people at all. People who are really in this for the right reasons, our only mission actually is service. We're looking to serve people. We're looking to guide and to help, and that's really everything behind the energy of the work I do. I hope that I explained that well enough. Thank you for being a great sport. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Technology, I love technology, but sometimes... Technology has plans of its own. No problem. <laughs> it's, it's almost like Mercury's in retrograde or something. Actually, Mercury is going retrograde. We're in the shadow period right now. Look at that. So I am things, good. <laughs> you're good, Bernie. You're good. You, you've learned you know, well Teresa, over the years. I've been working with you for five years. I think I should know by now, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, that's the thing, too, about tarot and astrology and all of this. It's about not just conscious living, but it's about bringing awareness to the energy around you. So many of us sleepwalk through life. We're not aware of our motives, our intentions, what calm. We're walking around some bubble of our head. Knowing 
the energies, bringing awareness to the energies, again, I think it just makes us more aware. I was just going to add real quick, um, after what you said about being open, and it, it's not just in your industry, even, you know, uh, I, I do coaching, as you know, and, and Phil does yes. consulting, and, and we work with people, and, and a lot of the times, I will get people who will come into the consultation, and they'll try to ask me these questions to trick me, mm -hmm. and, and my whole take on it is, I'm not here to try to manipulate you to work with me. You're right. either going to be open to working with me or not, and and if it's not a good fit, I would never want to trick you to work with me anyway. And and I kind of feel like that's probably the way you approach the work that you do as well. It's why would I take a skeptic and try to convert you? I want believers so that it makes the work that much more seamless. W would you agree with that? Absolutely. And it's not that you want somebody to come in in a gullible mindset. That's not what we're talking about. Being open means that you are looking at this experience with spaciousness. You are looking at it with the open mind. You're leaving all of your preconceived notions at the door. That's not easy for people to do, though. You know, we, we get into certain mindsets. We get into certain hang-ups and fears, and we cling to that stuff. And that can often color our thinking. And we can be closed-minded about so many things. If you have that kind of an attitude about something you're going into, you shouldn't be going into it. I like to liken it to football. I don't like sports. I know nothing about sports. I have no business instructing anyone about football or getting football coaching because I have no interest in it. I'm closed-minded to it. So you know what? I leave football alone. That is a weird analogy, but it really explains how I feel about it. If you're not into it, why, why go for it? Why play with it? Leave it alone. It's not going to work for you. Right. Well, I will say what I love about working with you, and this is definitely a plug for you, but this is out of all honesty, too, with my own personal experience and professional experience with you. What I love about working with you is every single year I start my new year with clarity. And, and I don't go in and say, Teresa, tell me what to do this year. Tell me how my year is going to be. I go in with a very specific agenda, with very specific questions, and I say, Teresa, here are some things I'm worried about. Teresa, here are some things I'm thinking about. Teresa, mm -hmm. I'm kind of stuck. And with these questions, you're able to help me gain greater clarity. You're not giving me answers. I right. can still change the course of my path, but you give me clarity into what it is that I need, what else do I need in order for me to make a decision, basically. That's what I love about you know, using your spiritual advising services for, because I think without that, it feels like I can be alone in my island quite a bit. Right. Well, a lot of times, too, what readers do, like me, is I believe everybody has intuition. I believe everybody has a sense of who they are. <laughs> I don't think we're all walking around totally out of it. We just sometimes shut that off. And what a tarot reader does often is we help you to pull out what you already know in yourself, and we bring it out, and maybe we'll even help you look at it in a different way. So a lot of times it could be the thing that helps you to get unstuck. Again, if you're willing to look at it and work with me together, it can be quite powerful. Wow. So working together, that's that's so important, that that partnership. So in your business, Teresa, do you have other people that are complimentary that maybe you refer business to, or do you get some coaching in this? Or how how does that work for you? How does how does that show up? Sure, absolutely. I am all about referring people. I'm like the biggest referrer on the planet. Because sometimes first let me give you an example. Sometimes people come into my work and I'm not the right reader for them. I'm not. I just don't resonate. And rather than struggle through the reading, I'd rather send them to somebody that's going to be better suited for them. So I've got a list of people that I refer. In fact, I've got to tell you guys a funny story. I had, um, 
I had a magazine contact me recently and they wanted me to do Super Bowl predictions. So going back to football, I had to laugh and I told them, I am the most sports illiterate person on the world, but I got the gal for you. So I referred them to somebody else who was a perfect fit for them. That wasn't my forte. I have no business doing that. I also will refer people to like counselors and therapists if I think they need that, or coaches. Uh, I, I've got like, again, a list of, reven of, of resources that I can give people if I think they're better suited with something else. And as far as coaching is, uh, I've worked with coaches, business coaches over the years, and the last business coach that I worked with was Erica Learmark, and she was fantastic because I may be a tarot reader and I may be a good businesswoman, but you know what, sometimes I need to open my mind and get somebody to look in on my business and look under the hood and give me suggestions that I may not be seeing so that I can take my business into maybe a new direction or to the next level or maybe she can just look at me and say and I'm doing just fine. So Erica is somebody that I've worked closely with and I, I really felt I benefited a lot from her. And we love her of course. I mm -hmm. mean being our oh, friend yeah. and former guest on the show as well. And it's so amazing. I just I love how, you know, we we three may be in Milwaukee, but Erica's not. So it's so cool to see even how small the online space is. And what it tells me is we tend to kind of hover around the same types of people. And I love right. that. And across the people that come to really love offline and online. Right on. Cool. Cool. So, Bernie? I did have one more question yeah. before we go to the magic question because I, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, Teresa, but how far back, if, if you go back and look into, you know, if you connect the dots looking back at your life, how far back does this, this level of intuition that you have, how, how long do you feel you've been pretty in tune or attuned to the Well, I, I've been very, very fortunate because I grew up in a household where intuition was uh, valued over book smarts. Now that sounds like a really horrible thing to say, but my parents were farm people, eighth grade educated, and my mother was extremely intuitive, my grandmother was intuitive, and they would do all these things with visions and stuff. If you tell most normal people about this stuff, they look at it like, oh my God, this is sounding crazy, like the Adams family, and it's like, no, it's just that that's the way they operated. They didn't operate because they were highly educated. They operated based on their instincts. So number one, that was value to my upbringing, and number two for me, because that was valued in my upbringing, I was very, very comfortable at tuning in, feeling things out. Uh, if I had a dream that had a meeting and brought it to my mom, there was never any doubt like it was me being a weird kid. It was like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's pay attention to that. So that's when I, I, I could probably say that I, I've been aware of intuition. Maybe I didn't have a word for it back then from very young because that was just the way I grew up. Uh, I love it when people try to do research and intellectualize it because I always feel like they're going to kill it then. It's okay. not like that. It's just there. It's present. And we all have it in different degrees. All animals have it. It is an instinct. So for me, it's just something from very early on I was aware of. And again, I just think it's because of my upbringing. Wow. That's cool. That's cool that you had that support there and that, that uh, curiosity. Well, I had the support until I started doing this for a living. Then they kind of freaked out a little bit. Because then it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? How are you going to make money doing this? They had a different idea about it once I started doing it for a living, uh, Phil. So in theory, it's great in the household, but taking out into the real world was actually very, um, very upsetting for my parents, extremely. 
I can imagine. But you're you're a rebel, so you didn't let that stop you. Oh God, no! I was like, I'm doing whatever I want, and uh, that's the other thing about my upbringing. Because I was a very precocious child, I started pretty much kind of doing what I wanted, anyways, at a pretty young age, and questioning the rules. So uh, that wasn't going to stop me. I just had to like work through the anxiety around their anxiety, and then you know what? It was fine after that. They they got over it. Speaking of working through anxiety. Yeah. It's that time for the magic question that Phil always asks all of our guests. Yeah. Ooh, I love magic too. Yeah. <laughs> so if you could pull a rabbit out of it. No, that's what. Uh, card. <laughs> no, not that either. So fear, Teresa, yep. right now in your business, 25 years in, right now, 2014, what's keeping you up at night? What are you afraid of? And how can we, Bernie and Phil, and how can we, the Shut Up Show community, help you work through that and make this your best year yet? Well, I'll tell you what, I certainly don't have a lot of fears, but I do have one really weird, bizarre fear. I know that my industry is aging. I'm very, very conscious of this. I'm very, I mean, my hair, I don't know if you can see it here, it's gray. Uh, I am getting older. One day I will retire, and my greatest fear is that I don't see a lot of young people entering my industry. Uh, partially because, again, it's a stigma. Um, I, I just don't see that. I don't see any outreach to younger people, and I worry that there's not going, who's going to carry the torch? How can I pass this on? Uh, what keeps me up at night is how can I keep a legacy going? How can I help young people see this as a viable career? There are so many talented young readers out there, and I started my business when I was very young. So that is my fear, and it's this, it's, it may sound irrational to anyone else, but when I go to even like tarot conferences, there are very few young people in the audience. Uh, it really, really bothers me a lot, and I've tried to do some work to help younger readers and get some outreach there, but that's my big thing. That's the thing that probably eats away at my business more than anything. What a, what's going to happen when I retire? Wh who's going to be doing this work? Will it go dead? Will people stop uh, working with intuitive readers? The old school way might die, you know, and that bothers me. That's the thing that worries me. So what, what are you doing about that then? I, I know you have a lot of different programs and projects that you're working on. Is that are, are you trying to find a solution for that big fear right now, Teresa? I'm actively working on a solution. I've done things like tarot apprentice contests. I've reached out to younger people, with, especially when I get a younger reader in my office or if they uh, do a reading with me. I try to do everything I can to give them advice and encourage them to go and do this. It's really important to me. I want to see younger faces really... First of all, working with the tarot, even not for a business, but learning to use it as a tool for guidance. And I would love to see more young readers head out and do this work because I do worry about it. So again, what I do is uh, little things here and there, and it's not easy. It's not easy to get that outreach out there. Awesome. That's really cool. So last softball question for you, Teresa. This one you're going to hit a home run on. Tell us where we can get more of your awesome and learn more about your work so that in case someone does want to work with you, that they can easily find that. I'm very easy to find because I'm really into the Internet. Uh, you can find me at my website. That's where all the action is happening. It's www.thetarolady.com. I'm also on Twitter, and I love Twitter. And Twitter, you can find me there all the time. And my, of course, my handle there is the Tarot Lady. And I've got other social media profiles, but those are the two main places that I like to play. So find me there. 
Cool. Well, we definitely will. We really appreciate that you're here, Teresa. It's fun to learn about some traditional, non-traditional businesses that help people make it the world a better place. So thanks for your time today, Teresa. Guys, thank you so much for having me here. It's been a great pleasure and honor. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for joining the Shut Up Show. It was another amazing episode, and we really appreciate you being here. If you don't want to miss another episode, simply go to our homepage and click the subscribe button or go to theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and we'll deliver an episode to you one to three times a week. If you haven't already done so, please consider leaving us a star rating and comment on iTunes. That's the only way we can prove the show just for you. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. If you want seriously simple selling, you got to go check them out today. Until next time, folks, shut up and make shit happen.